welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. So today's Father's Day, and I want to talk to everybody, but I want to talk to the men. So I'm talking to everybody, but I'm talking to the men. It's kind of a oxymoron. I'm talking to everybody, but men, I want you to listen to today's message. If you look at church traditionally across North America, you'll see that church is filled with women, which is great. Yes, it is. We thank, we thank, we thank God for women. But my question is, where are the men? Where are the men in the church? Where are the men in society? Where are the men leading? Where are the men standing up for what the word of God says? So men, I want you to listen today as I talk because as I am talking to everybody and this message applies to everybody, I want you to listen and I want this word to get deep down inside of you because we're going to the beginning of the word of God. And there's something in here for all of us, but men, there's something in here for you. And I, as I was getting ready for um, today's message, I asked the Lord, as I always do, what do you want me to talk about? I always say, what do, you, what, what do you want your people to hear this week? What do you want me to say to your people? What, what is it you're trying to communicate to them? And he told me that he wants to talk to them about being the men that he has called them to be, that he has designed them to be. So ladies, don't check out because this message will apply to you. Don't say, I'm a girl, I get a pass, I'm going to go eat hot dogs now before the guys get out there or watermelon or drink fancy juice, whatever kind of juice we have out there. But I want to I talk to the guys. So go in your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 1. And, you know, um, as we were having pre-service prayer this morning, and we have pre-service prayer every Sunday where we are believing God for the service we gather at 9.30, and we are praying for everybody who comes here that their hearts are open to receive all that God has for them. We are praying and believing God for new people to show up. We are praying and believing God for the people that come here consistently, that their lives are transformed and changed, that we are growing and being shaped into more and more into God's image. I'm saying this because I encourage you to come and be a part of uh, pre-service prayer. Listen, last week, if you were at church, we talked about what church is supposed to look like. We looked in the book of Acts, and one of those things was they were dedicated, they were committed to prayer. So I encourage you to come and join us at pre-service prayer so we can, and, and when you come, don't roam around. You know, don't roam around. It's not social time. We talked about social intercourse last week. If you were here, yeah, that's not the time for social intercourse where you roam around and just talk to your buddies and go, hey, I didn't get to say hi to you. No, that's the time for prayer. So I encourage you to come and join us in prayer. Um, But as we were in prayer this morning, I noticed a lot of people talking about or or praying about fathers, about mm, hurts and wounds, about not having fathers or, or... Uh, things that fathers had done to them or fathers being absent. And so it's always a touchy subject when you come to Father's Day and Mother's Day because of people's hurts and wounds they've experienced. But as I was standing there during prayer, I was thinking about this. You know, at some point, at some point, we've got to change the narrative. 
at some point when you see something is wrong, if you had a car that was broken, you would only drive it broken for so long before you said, there's something wrong here. We need to fix it. And so I am noticing, as I'm sure all of you are, as we move down through the ages of society, the family unit is getting more and more broken. Um, roles are getting more and more broken. Gender is more and more broken, as in the sense that like, it's all up for grabs and nobody's quite sure what anything is anymore. And I want to talk about, listen, if there's a problem with something, Let's go back to the beginning and see what it's supposed to look like and, and change what needs to be changed so that it's working the way that it was designed to work. Am I, am I alone or are you with me? Joshua 24, verse 18, Joshua is speaking to the children of Israel at the end of his life. He's, he's almost about to die, and he's reminding the children of Israel about what God has done in their lives, where God has led them from, and the miraculous, amazing things that God has done. And he makes this statement to, all, to everybody there, and he says, listen, you choose what you're going to do. But Joshua says, he makes this, this statement on behalf of his whole family. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And this is what got me started thinking. See, Joshua stands up in front of all these people, and he makes a statement. He says, you do what you want to do. You do you. You do what the right thing that you think to do is. But as for me and the family that I am leading, the family that I have, the, the, the wife that I have, that we walk through life together. Um, in First Peter, it talks about how you and your spouse are joint heirs. But he says, as for me and my house, this is how we will lead. This is how we will go. And so we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 21, or Genesis 1, I'm sorry, and we're going to look in the beginning here and see what this is supposed to look like so that we can begin to change the narrative, so that in 10 years, in 20 years, in 25 years down the road, we don't have a society filled with people that say, I don't know my dad. I had a bad dad. I had bad relationships. I didn't get along with my mom. My mom was a bad mom. She was this or she was that or they were absent or whatever so that we can begin to raise up a generation that leads in the ways that are found inside this book. You don't look like you believe what I just said. If something's broke, you've got to fix it or you've got to throw it away. Right? Fix it or chuck it. Those are basically your two options. So in Genesis chapter 1, this is the creation account. Listen, I want to tell you right off the bat that this is the word of God. Gen Genesis is not allegory. It's not poetry. It's not uh, a picture that we use. Do we understand exactly how all this worked together? No. But we do have this written in scripture that we can read and say, okay, I can understand this much. One day when I get to heaven, I'll understand the rest of it. But I want you to know from the get-go, listen, here at Hope City Church, we don't believe that this is poetry. We don't believe that this is just an allegory about how God put the word together. We believe what it says, okay? And you need to know that because we stand on the word of God. And here's, here's why I'm saying that. Because if you begin to say, listen, if you begin to say, well, I believe this part of the Bible, 
but not this part, then you might as well throw the rest of it away because you don't get to pick and choose which parts of the Bible you believe. Because if you start down that road, where do you stop? You just begin to say, well, this works for me, this doesn't work for me, this works over here, this doesn't work. And you can't base your life off a firm foundation that is missing gaps and holes because it'll crumble eventually. Okay, that was fun. So Genesis chapter one. This is the creation account. We're gonna start in verse 26. The Lord is speaking. And um, a couple weeks ago on Pentecost Sunday, I was talking to you and I said, you can't find the word Trinity in the word of God. And you can't, it's nowhere in the Bible. Uh, it was created by a man named Tertullian. But what you do see is many times over and over again in the scripture where are there phrases and words like this. Then God said, let us make man. And so you can see that there is more than one person present here. And as you read through this account, you see that God was there. Later on in the New Testament, you see that Jesus was there. And here we also see the Holy Spirit was here. It says, God said, let us make human beings, or the New King James says, man in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings or man in his image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. First thing I want to remind you is you were made in the image of God. You're not junk. You're not trash. You're not a mistake. You were made in God's image. Yes, you were born into a fallen world and you are working your way to be more perfected and mature in Christ Jesus. But you need to remind yourself and you need to remind people that you come into contact with that you were made in the image of God. So he made the male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Now, here's what you see in this passage of scripture right here. God comes along and he creates man and he gives man a role. He's like, here's your job. Here's your description. Here's what you're supposed to do. And let's look at these things. Number one, he said, you're supposed to be fruitful and multiply. That means you're supposed to have sex and have babies and raise them up in the way that God raised you up. You're supposed to have kids and train them in the way of the Lord so that they can perpetuate the cycle so that they grow up and they get married and they have kids and they raise those kids in the Lord so that we have a society that is filled with the glory and the knowledge of God. This is so fun today. Having so much fun. So you called to be fruitful and multiply. Then he says, fill the earth with your kids and govern it, rule and reign over it. And then he says, reign over the fish in the sea. So you're supposed to be fruitful, multiply, you're supposed to govern it, and you're supposed to reign over it. These are the things that God said, I'm, I'm creating you. This is what I'm putting you here to do. Now, what I love about the word of God, what I love about the Lord is sometimes he will come into your life and say, this is what you are supposed to do. But he doesn't just leave you in that spot for you to try and figure out how you're supposed to go from here to over here. You know, have you ever been in a job where you got a new job and they said, hey, hey, uh, Josiah, I'm so glad you're here, man. Your job is this and they walk off and leave you there, and they don't give you any instructions about how you're supposed to accomplish your job? Yeah. Has anybody been in that position? It's terrible, isn't it? 
And you're, you're afraid of getting fired. You're afraid, like, am I doing this right? Like, what am I even supposed to be doing? And, and things start coming at you, and you're like, I guess we could do this, or we could do it this way. I just don't know. What is it my boss wants? I don't know, because my boss left me here. But the great thing about the Lord is, is when God comes into your life, and he gives you a role, when he gives you something to do, he doesn't just leave you there. He gives you the instructions on how you're supposed to accomplish that. Isn't that great news? God ain't going to leave you high and dry. God's not going to speak to you and say, that's it. That's all I've got for you. You've got to figure out the rest on your own. That'd be a terrible place to be. So he goes on. We're going to look in chapter 2 here. And we're going to start in verse 7. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, And he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. God formed this man out of the dust of the ground, put him together. The Bible says that he came and breathed the breath of life into his nose. God got down and breathed life. And the word says that he became a living spirit. Um... That word breath is ruah, and it means spirit. God breathed spirit into this hunk of dust and dirt. And here's the first thing I want to say to you. I want to remind you, if you you don't get anything else out of this, that your relationship with God is where life starts at. With God breathing life into you. And that comes from you being in his presence. Men, I want to remind you today that as, as the men of the home, as leaders in society, with, along with your wife, along with family, but as men, you are called to lead. Dylan, there's things that God has put inside of you, and you are called to lead. You're called to lead your wife. You're called to lead your family when you have one. And you have to know what to do and where to go and what to, what to say and what you're supposed to do in any given situation. And listen, it is non-negotiable that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's non-negotiable that you are in his presence receiving that breath of life from him. It's a non-negotiable, and that's for everybody. Maddie, you can't live life successfully apart from time in the presence of the Lord where he's breathing his presence and he's breathing his spirit into you or he's breathing life into you. It's interesting to me, as I was thinking about this, it's interesting to me how it's breath because so God breathes life into us and it's that presence, it's that spirit, and it gives us life. But when you die, what do you stop doing? You stop breathing. So physically speaking, we have to replicate what the Lord started in our life to maintain life, correct? Otherwise, if you stop doing what God did in you, if you stop breathing, you will no longer exist on this planet. Spiritually speaking, God was breathing that presence, his spirit into you. Spiritually speaking, you need to return to his presence to receive that life from him so that you can continue to be the people that he has called you to be. You can't be who you're called to be apart from the presence of God. You will dry up, you will wither, and you will die. 
Men, listen to me. Spend time in the presence of the Lord. You say, listen, I don't have time. Do you know what I do for a living? Do you know what my schedule looks like? You're just a pastor. You probably sit at home and go to your office at 10 and you work until 11. You probably go have coffee and then go home and take naps. If you only knew what my life looked like, (laughs) you would not say that. Men, Man, I hope I'm ticking some of you off this morning. I don't think I am. But I say that because if I'm ticking you off, it means I'm getting under your skin, which means I'm causing a reaction, which means I'm hopefully causing you to think. You can't afford, in this day and age, you cannot afford to be a man or a woman alive in society who is not living in the presence of God. Society is falling apart, and it needs your voice. It needs your wisdom that you receive in the presence of God so that you can say and do what he's called you to say and do, so that you can lead your families, so that you can lead your homes, so that you can lead yourself. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living purpose. You receive your life when God breathes into you. Get into the presence of God. Let's talk about this practically. Listen, I don't know where it came from. I don't, I don't know who began this thought process. And it's not a bad thought process. But it's a thought process that causes a lot of us to stumble and say, well, I can't do it, so I'm out. And that thought process is this. For you to be spiritual and to have a relationship with the Lord means that you have to read your Bible X amount of time a day, and you have to pray X amount of time a day. Here's what the Lord is looking for. Relationship. Here's what the Lord is looking for. You to include him in your life. You know, it's not going to look the same for every person. But what he wants is to be involved. And so as you are going about your life, and as you are living your day, and you're going to jobs or school or whatever it is you're doing, that you involve him and include him. So you say, I got to get up for work at 3 o'clock in the morning to get to Vancouver or go wherever it is I'm going. When am I supposed to read my Bible? You figure that out. But I'm not saying you have to get up at 1 a.m. and spend an hour reading your Bible and 45 minutes praying and you can't leave until you hear the Lord say this, this, and this. What I am saying is that whatever you do, you include the Lord in all of it. And so as you're driving, maybe you're talking to the Lord. As you're like sitting somewhere, maybe you're at an airport, maybe you're riding a bus, maybe you're waiting on somebody, that you pull out a Bible, that you open your phone and you open up the app and you look at a scripture and you read one whole whopping verse. But you think about that verse for the next three days. And the Spirit of God begins to talk to you about it. And he says, what about this? Did you think about this? When I said this in the the Word of God in this verse, did you think about this? You're like, oh my gosh, I never had that thought. And you think about it, and you think about it, and you think about it. Then the next day, or, or an hour later, or two hours later, you open up your Bible, and you read another verse, and you let that verse get inside of you. This is what the Lord is looking for. He's not looking for you to fill out some timesheets. 
God's not in heaven with the timesheet of how long you read your Bible and how much you prayed that day. I don't know if you believe that or not. What he's looking for is relationship with you. What he desires is for you to spend time in his presence. What he desires is for you to come to him and be like, hey, this is what's going on. Or I just, I've got nothing going on. I just want to come and sit in your presence. I have five minutes. I have 10 minutes. I'm going to put everything else aside and I'm going to come sit in your presence because I love you. God breathed life into man. God wants to breathe life into you. That's what he wants. Does anybody here need some life breathed by the Lord? Half of us. Half of us need life breathed by the Lord. Half of us are like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) Well, I'm going to put up both of my hands because I need God to breathe life into me on a consistent basis because I know life is hard and I know I don't think I can make it without life from him, without his presence being poured out in my life. And listen, so men, I want to remind you, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you, do whatever you got to do, but you get into the presence of God. You listen to the voice of God. You spend time reading your Bible. You spend time praying. You spend time allowing the Lord to speak to you, which means you shut up and you don't talk and you just sit there and listen and say, what do you think about this? You know when you ask somebody what they think about something, it means you've got to stop talking long enough to hear their answer, right? Here's what happens. So in Genesis 1, God said, this is my role for you. I want you to be fruitful and multiply. I want you to fill the earth and, and reign over it and subdue it. And these are the things that I've called you to do. And he says, how are you going to do that? Well, the first thing you see is that when God made man, he formed him and he breathed life into him. And then let's look at this very quickly. Let's go on. There's two more things that you see that happen in this process. And it says, he breathed life into them. They became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he placed the man that he had made. Uh, Then if we go down to verse 15, it says, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend it and to watch over it. And the Lord God warned him, he said, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. So here in verse 8 and 15, it says that God took the man and he placed him in the garden to tend it and to keep it. Listen, man, you don't have to figure everything out. Ladies, you don't have to figure everything out. You go to God's presence, and he begins to unfold his plan for your life. When you're unsure of what to do and where to go, you go to God's presence. You receive that breath of life. You you receive life in his presence, and he begins to unfold the steps that you're supposed to take. The Bible says that as he was there, he breathed life, and man became a living being. And then once he was alive in the presence of the Lord... God takes him and puts him somewhere and he says, you're here in this garden to tend it and to keep it. The next thing that comes is direction. God brings direction into your life when you spend time in his presence. Does anybody here need direction in your life? Do you need to know what steps I'm supposed to, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I don't know what this is supposed to look like. Let me tell you, if you need direction in your life, you've got to go to God and get in his presence and he fills you up with his life 
life. He fills you up with his wisdom. He fills you up with understanding. And he says, this is your next step. He said, Adam, come with me here. I'm going to put you in this place right here. And here's your job in this place. If you need direction in your life, then you got to go to the presence of God and receive that direction. God will tell you exactly where to go. God will tell you exactly what to do. God will show you what steps you're supposed to take. Apparently, I'm the only lost person in here. He gives him direction. He gives him purpose. His purpose was, this is what you're called to do. This is what I want you to do. I want you to tend this garden. I want you to keep it. I want you to take care of it. Here's your purpose. Your purpose is to be fruitful and multiply. What a great purpose, by the way. Your purpose, one of your reasons for being here is to repopulate the planet. That's a great purpose. You're like, can we laugh about that? I, I would. <laughs> To have kids, to teach them what the word of God says. Don't let your kids, dads, dads, don't let your kids grow up and be hooligans. Proverbs says, train your children. Johnny, you got to train. You got to train baby Felicity. You got to teach her. She's not going to know how to do stuff. She's not going to know what's acceptable. She's not going to know what's appropriate. She's a blank canvas. It's your guy's job now to begin to raise this child so she knows what to do. The Bible says train her up in the way that she go, and when she's old, she won't depart from it. If you haven't trained your child when they're young in the way they should go, guess what happens? They're crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're crazy. And then we have society filled with people who are hurting because they didn't have dads and they didn't have moms. And why didn't they have dads and why didn't they have moms? Because they didn't have parents who trained them in the way they should go. You cannot forsake training your kids. Dads, you cannot say this is my wife's job to raise the kids, that the way this kid turns out isn't on me, it's on my wife. You can't do that. You have just as much of a role to play as she does. There's a reason there's a man and there. Listen, me and Jen are very, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but we're going to go down this road anyways. I'm almost done, but hang on. Me and Jen are very different in our parenting styles. And there's a reason, because there's times when the kids need like nurturing and love and somebody to say, I love you, it's okay. Apparently, I don't have much compassion. So just by the way, if you're looking for compassion, it's something that I have to work on. Most of the time, I'm so hard on myself about so much in life that if you come to me and you're whining and I think you're whining, I'll be like, suck it up. That's what I do. But here, here's the thing. Sometimes your kids need somebody to say, suck it up, because mommy will be holding them and cuddling them and saying, it's okay. No, don't do hard. That's too hard. Let's let somebody else do it. No, somebody has to say, get your butt out there and go mow the lawn. It's raining. I don't care if it's raining. <laughs> Mom said I didn't have to, and she gave me a cookie and told me she loved me and I'm special. That's great. Eat your cookie. You are special. Mom does love you. I want the lawn mode so get back outside it's okay it's okay 
Dads, play your role. Play your role. And your role starts with you being in the presence of the Lord so that you receive direction, so that you receive wisdom, so you know what your purpose is, who you are, who God has called you to be, and what he says about stuff. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.